This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, April 7th, uh, action-packed podcast coming at you live. Ked and Hal's here. Uh, I mean, we have a couple days until the NHL draft lottery, until the NHL uh, playoffs. Game of Thrones is next Sunday. It's big. The weather's getting nice. Had a great week. Hal, how you living? I'm, I'm all right, dude. I don't. Um, I just want to get on the record. Dude, I, I'm not ready for all the Game of Thrones talk. There's going to be so much Game of Thrones talk. I don't watch it, and it's not. I don't think it's a bad show. I'm not going to chirp the show. I just have a really big problem with English accents. If there's a show with an English accent, I cannot watch it. Anything on BBC, Peaky Blinders looks like a sick show. Can't watch it. Harry Potter, overwhelming. I can't handle magic. I can't handle dragons. I can't handle English accents. So that's going to be tough for me, dude. Um, but yeah, it's a great time of year. I'm fucking about it, man. Like, I love me some Game of Thrones. Like, if I wasn't doing the current career, what I have now, I always thought it'd be cool to either be a cowboy or a warden of the north. It would be kind of sick to be able to slay a, uh, a sword around. If you guys have listened to the Morning Skate in the past, you know that there was that talk of the Game of Thrones sword a couple podcasts ago. Um... I don't know, man. I'm pumped for it. I, I get what you're saying, though. I feel like a lot of people, that's all they're going to talk about. And I might as well say right now, guilty. But this is a hockey podcast, so maybe from now on, I'll only bring up one thing having to do with Game of Thrones or something along those lines. I think that would be okay. Yeah, maybe if you can reference it into a topical thing that's going on. Yeah, like... actually, when we first started the morning skate, I wrote this blog about uh, NHL players that look like people on Game of Thrones, and I did it back when we didn't have that big of a following, so I, I may go back and repost that and see how many retweets and shit we get, because it's uncanny how, like, Patrick Laine looks like this one girl, and how Tyler Sagan looks like this one dude, like, pretty crazy, so just keep that in mind. Anyway, this is episode 94, we were talking about who jersey number wore 94, and we were kind of stumped, and Hal had to tell me that uh, some people say that NHL 94 is the best NHL game ever created, so... Shout out to that real quick. Um, we have tons to talk about. First round playoffs, tons of coaches got fired. We have Twitter questions. Patty B leaves a voicemail along with somebody else. Um, we're not doing three stars this week because I think we don't want to run out of wind by the end of it. So, Hal, do you have anything else before we hop into it, bud? No.
Okay, NHL in the news. Here we go. Um, first off, just going to say, Carter Hutton. Fuck you, dude. Uh, he looked pretty good for me. I would have almost increased the bet at a couple points uh, throughout the course of the season. This guy ends with 18 wins, 25 losses. Uh, it was a real shot to me. Pretty cocky of how to send me a request on Venmo for the money before the season was over. I kind of respected it, though, and I didn't wait. I sent it immediately because I had already known what was going to happen. Uh, how? what do you have on this? I mean, what a, what a turn of events. Like, myself and a lot of our followers are like, there's no way Ked's going to lose this. And then all of a sudden, Carter Hutton forgot how to play hockey like the second-string goalie he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back because 95% of what I say on this podcast is incorrect. Yep. Uh, you can reference the playoff predictions I'm about to make uh, at a later date. Uh, but I was right on this one. Carter Hutton, I think his cap is 20 wins as an NHL starter. I was right on the money. The Sabres, you know, they came out red hot. They did their Sabres thing. They tanked like no other team knows how to tank. I mean, you got you to tip their caps on. There's no way they're winning those games. Five wins since, like, December. He had that meltdown in, like, February. I was thinking about making a compilation of us talking about it and just showing the highlights of his season. And then the best one for me was, like, the other night. He, there's no way he could hit it, but they are playing the Senators. And I think he, like, ended up doing, like, a 360 and, like, missing the puck and, like, it, just a great season by Carter Hutton. And he won, uh, like, what was it? What was the award the Sabres gave him? Like, the, Ung Sung Hero? The Ung Sung Hero Award. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. Are you fucking kidding me? They give that award to a goalie who can't even win 20 games? That's what I'm saying. So, and I'm I'm not trying to be a hater at all because like Carhartt's still a good goalie. I oh, I very much am. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks, dude. <laughs> but, but fuck, I don't remember what I was gonna say, bud. Somebody tweet. Somebody tweeted at us because I was like, tw- "Guy can't even win twenty games." Are you kidding me? And oh. and and he said like, uh, "He had a great year. He meant a lot to the team, and this was voted on by the players." Buddy, you clearly don't listen to the podcast because it has nothing to do with that. I'm sure he's a great guy. But the guy fucking lost me twenty dollars. Thank you, thank you for that point. So, what I was gonna say is, the unsung hero award it has to go to like if it's like a third or fourth line guy or like a third pair defenseman, and he's not that great, but like he gives it his all and he sticks up for his teammates. Like the team that's the unsung hero. And I get what that guy's saying is that like Carter Hutton probably meant a lot to the team. He might be a great locker room guy, and he definitely had a bad defense in front of him. But, like, a goalie's job is to keep pucks out of the net. Like, you can't be an unsung hero if you're a starting goalie and won five games past December. Like, that's not how it works. That's your one job. Like, an unsung hero for a goalie is, like, when you have a backup goalie like Cam Talbot did that one year where your number one goes down and he plays lights out. That's an unsung hero for a goalie. Agree. Not the, a starter. The unsung hero is essentially to the kid that you feel bad for. It's the team award which I've won on pretty much every hockey team I've ever been on. So I, I know it's a direct shot. Like, yeah, you have some sick character, but you suck. But, like, thanks for being here is what that yeah. is. And I've won a team award literally on every team I've ever been on. <laughs> yeah. And and I tried to be a repeat my senior year of high school, and they gave the team award to some kid who quit three games in and then joined us seven games in. I'm going to do I'm gonna do it right now, dude. Um, 2018-2019 Morning Skate Podcast, Unsung Hero Award goes to Ted. Fuck off, man. Anyway, you, hey, Hal, fuck off. Carter Hunt, fuck off. Over it. Um, Next one, NHL draft lottery because now the season's over. We know what's going to happen. All right, here's your top ten picks. Tenth pick goes to Philly. Ninth to Vancouver. 
Eighth to Anaheim, seventh to Edmonton, sixth to the Rangers, five to Buffalo, four to Detroit, three to New Jersey, two to Los Angeles, and one to Ottawa. Oh, wait, just kidding. It goes to Colorado because they chose the fourth overall pick instead of the first overall pick. Fucking idiots. Um, what do you have on this? Like, the Rangers kind of, I don't understand what they did the last two games going into overtime for both of them when all they had to do is lose two games and they would be drafting at the highest fifth overall and maybe even moving up because they would be drafting fourth, but somebody bumps them, bumps down. So what do you have on this? Are there any interesting teams there? Well, my first question for you, dude, is where did you pull this graphic and this information from? What website? Tankathon.com slash NHL. It's pretty sweet. You go there. You can hit this one thing where it's like uh, a simulation, and it lets you know like how they all wind up. I must have done this 500 times since last like month and a half. Rangers picked first probably like 3% of the time. Yeah, so you pretty much uh, just kind of proved my point that I was going to say, you know your hockey team sucks when you have Tankathon.com memorized, then you can give a podcast listener uh, a tutorial on how to use it. There so that's a, t- that's a tough go, dude. I'm feeling for you, Tankathon.com. I didn't know you are going through that. Um, yeah, you. I mean, you're right. Rangers, not only like, they didn't win games, they just took two games overtime and then lost. Like, talk about worst possible outcome. Uh, another thing, and I, I was going to get to this later, but screw it. The Colorado Avalanche, like, come on. Like, save some for the rest of us. Your team's in the playoffs. They're a scrappy eight seed, and you have the number one overall pick. That doesn't – like, it doesn't seem right. Like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. It was like, just... if you make the playoffs regardless if you got that pick, like, the highest you should be able to pick is, like, five. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, also looking at the NHL, guess what team finished the regular season with the – Least amount of regulation wins. The New York Rangers. New York Rangers with 26. The Ottawa Senators had more regulation wins than the New York Rangers did. You guys like playing in close games. I mean, what the fuck, man? We went, we went to overtime or shootout and lost 14 times. <laughs> and that's not even saying what games we won with a shootout. It was just, I don't know, it's a shit show. Um, I mean, shout out to the Rangers for not being the worst team on MSG, I guess. Yeah, you went you went uh, six and fourteen in either overtimes or shootouts combined. Yeah, New Jersey Devils. Six and, you wait, you it? say six and fourteen? We twenty games we went to overtime or shootout. Yeah, you That's won twenty six regulation wins, thirty two total. Absurd. So the New Jersey Devils. That's a team that I put as a bubble playoff team. Looking back on it, that was a really bad call. Um, but I still think I don't know. It's classic Devils. Like if they get the three pick, that stinks. But like. Compared to the year they got, whereas he's shy or Patrick, like we were talking about it, Hughes, Kako Kako feels more like Austin Matthews, Patrick Line was the point you made. I agree with that, so it would be huge for that franchise to get into that top two. You also got to think, dude, they were that, their best player for pretty much the entire year. Losing Taylor Hall sucks, especially on a New Jersey Devils team. Yeah, but you know what? I, I actually I actually hope that LA gets one of those stars. I think that would be cool to have a superstar in Los Angeles. Kind of give someone for Dowdy in the last years a quick, like, a little juvenation. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But that's what we have. The draft lottery is going to be on Tuesday. So fingers crossed for Ked and the Rangers. Uh, today was also a pretty busy day for NHL coaches. <coughs> Phil Housley got canned. He went 58, 84, and 22 during two seasons in Buffalo. During that time, the Sabres were outscored 546 to 419, and they allowed 3.3 goals per game, ranking 30th. He's out of there. Willie Desjardins, the intern coach for the Kings, they said thank you, but no thank you. He's out. 
And then Bob Bogner, Bob, I don't know, the coach for the Florida Panthers, he gets fired. He was from San Jose. Logan Couture quote tweeted and said, LOL, act like it's all his fault. Bring him back to San Jose. I thought that was kind of weird. And uh, kind of weird news. We heard that the Joel Quenville deal to Florida is done. Announce, uh, announcement coming tomorrow. Also, there's a chance that Gar Snow makes his way down there in some capacity. Fluid situation. So tons of uh, tons of coaching news. What do you have on this? It's kind of nice that the Rangers coach didn't get fired this year. Yeah, so uh, a lot to unpack there. Phil Housley, I'll start off there. Uh, it's super weird. He's an American defenseman. He had a really good career. But for some reason, he always rubbed me the wrong way. I think it's because he wore a Jofa helmet, but like he kind of looked like a weasel, so like it didn't look cool. Like I feel like it was really hard in the 80s and 90s to make a Jofa helmet look stupid. Was Phil Housley a number one defenseman? It, he might yeah, have been. So, in in my head, I I picture him as like the best number two. But was he like a certifiable number one? Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's like top five in defense points. Like all oh time no shit, NFL. I didn't know that. I'm way off if that's the case. Yeah, so really good player there. Moving down the list, Willie Desjardins. Like I don't know. I honestly know absolutely nothing about that situation. Like Willie Desjardins to me, like I don't. Is he an NHL coach? Is he not an NHL coach? No clue. Nothing just changed in my world. The last one, the Florida Panthers, um, with Bob Boogner, Boner, Bob Boner, that's what I'm going to call him, Bobby Boner, uh, had a really tough go down in Florida. But Florida Panthers fans actually have, like, a very specific, like, Twitter following that, like, if you get into it, they're very passionate and outspoken, which always seems to be the case with those rundown fan bases. No offense, because I respect it. They hated this guy. They thought he misused defensemen, misused forwards. And Logan Couture, like... Yeah, dude, like, why don't you worry about yourself over in San Jose, like, not getting bounced too early from the playoffs for, like, the sixth year in a row. Like, you have a lot to handle. Like, go win Joe Thornton a cup. Like, the Florida Panthers, while I don't think they're that great, they have a lot of talent there. Like, Ekblad, Barkov, Hubador, Hubado, like, they're all really good players. And I think they underachieved Trocek. I think I think uh, Frank Vitrano had, like, three goals this year. Like, there's, there should be hope there. There is some talent, like. I, I think you do. Like, if you're that coach, you have to win games. You can't LOL at it. Yeah. Um, first off, hand up in the air. Super embarrassing moment. Phil Housley has the fourth most goal scored by any defenseman in the National Hockey League. So, yes, he was a number one. First for Americans as well, and that's pretty big considering Brian Leach was on that list, and he outscored him by a lot. But um, I think you're right. Like, Florida's kind of a weird team, right? They're younger, but they have some veteran leadership there. I just – I, did Ekblad really turn into who Ekblad was supposed to be? Like, Barkov's sick, but, like, did Hubador or the guy they just traded the Pens, Bukestad, turn out to who they were supposed to be? Vinny Trocek was hurt for most of the year. Weird situation down there. I mean, if Coach Q goes there, the guy's, the guy's awesome, so maybe he'll help out. But And you're also right, like, only 12 people go to their games, but on Twitter, people love them. Yeah, so... And- to kind of just, like, bounce off of that onto the next thing, Joe Quenville, I mean, that makes sense, right? He's an old guy. He's an old guy with a white mustache, and he's going to go to Florida for his early retirement. Like, that makes a 110% chance. Like, that will happen. I totally buy it. I think Darren Drager said something, like, expect a press conference tomorrow. Like, he thinks it's a done deal. So we'll see. That would be super interesting if that's the case. I think... I think they automatically get better. I don't know if they become, like, a cup contender. Like you said, they have their issues... But Garth Snow, I mean, for an organization that recently 
had fired a coach and left him at the airport to like get a taxi by himself or at the rink. Um, and then he goes to Vegas and has all that success. And you're kind of laughed at by the NHL for wait, a year. Wait, you're, th- you're thinking of a wrong person. Gar Snow was with the Islanders. You're thinking about the current head coach on Vegas. Yeah, dude. Will you get, let me get to my point. Yeah, but he didn't leave, He didn't get bounced by the taxi. So I'm telling you. That's somebody else. The so Panthers coach did. Gerard Gallant. But, oh, well, yeah. Gerard Gallant, not Gar Snow. Yeah, so will you let me finish? Oh, so sorry. I thought point. you said Gar Snow got bounced and all this shit. No, dude. I'm saying okay. Gerard Gallant did, the Vegas coach. But to bring Gar Snow into that situation is just perfect, right? Like crazy yeah. people, like crazy things. Like Gar Snow would definitely fire someone on the spot like that. Like great fit. I think it's going to be electric. Just get an old boys club. Going down there too. Yeah, so I think I brought this up before. The two have you ever seen Two and a Half Men? I don't think this is the first time I've brought this TV show up on the podcast. Yeah, but up? Charlie Sheen's brother's name's Alan, and he's just essentially like this fucking like bug that just never goes away, and he's always in the best spots with like super rich people, and he doesn't deserve to be there. Is that Garth Snow in a nutshell? Like, what has that guy done to do anything in the NHL? And this guy, I mean, he's still just fucking doing it. Like, kudos to you, dude. I don't know how, but. You like to fight and you like to drink beers and he's turned it into a career at the Islanders. I always thought it was super funny when we had our friends that figured out that you can literally just call the Islanders and get direct. You could get directly to Garth Snow's phone line. They just like, all right, let me patch you in. Like, I, I can't imagine the calls that guy would take on a daily basis. I mean, next year we're going to have to call him for uh, a live podcast with new Florida Panthers personnel, Garth Snow. Yeah, we should. That's a really good idea. Uh, we'll write that down. Uh, moving on. Oh, this kind of, it doesn't really, I don't know, it's not huge news, but Evander Kane takes a 2018-2019 penalty minute crown with 153. Last year, Michael Haley had 212. I guess all I want to say is, like, I'm kind of disappointed in that because 153 penalty minutes would be, like, a very soft year for Matthew Barnaby. Yeah, I feel like kids in college hockey get, like, 80 penalty minutes in, like, 27 games. Like, you see that stat line if you look through a college. Right, and games. now it's only 150 pims. Like, I don't, I didn't like that. Yeah, That's I all mean, I have I on know. it. Like, is the game turning soft? Like, what's going on? I mean, Mike, and yeah, well, Michael Haley played 43 games this year for the Sharks. He only had 75 penalty minutes this year. So, do you think there's just no one for him to fight? Like, he has no one who's like, I'll go with you? He wasn't exactly an electric fighter, but he was getting his face pounded. And everything. Yeah, I think that's just a direct correlation to fighting being down, right? The more fights you get in, the more penalty minutes you get con- compared to a minor. Um, maybe, yeah, refs are, maybe refs aren't throwing around their 10-minute misconducts like they should be. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I forget. Somebody was on spin chicklets. It may have been Brett Hull. And he was talking to somebody else. He goes, hey, watch this. And he, like, told the ref fuck off so he get a 10-minute misconduct and can go to the uh, locker room earlier. Like, shit like that, I believe in. This, I just, 153 penalty minutes. Come on, guys, be better. Yeah. That's uh, tough, you're right. Moving on. New York Rangers president Glenn Saylor has stepped down. He's still going to be with the team, but uh, we already have some names being thrown around. Here's two of them, John Davidson and Steve Eiserman, to come in to be the president of the Rangers. I'm going to say, dude, I don't – not one ounce of me believes that Steve Eisenman's going to go to the Rangers, but if he did, I don't think I'd be – there's no way I could be happier. That guy, look what he did in Tampa. Captain of the Red Wings, just like a very well-respected hockey guy. I'd be cool with that. However, I think I'd be more interested in John Davidson going to the Rangers. He used to be our old broadcaster. He was sweet. 
uh, he, he, I don't know, he was awesome. He went and he transformed St. Louis and Columbus into, uh, p- like, pretty much perennial playoff teams, which is pretty dope. Um, what do you have on this? Like, it's going to be kind of weird not having Glenn Sather around. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't say Glenn Sather's iconic, but he's been around the Rangers for so long. I feel like he's big... pretty iconic because of his work with the Oilers and all that shit. Like, Glenn Sather's yeah. a name I think, like, an average hockey fan would know in terms of, like, management. Yeah, it's just weird, though, because, like, if you had told me that Glenn Sather stopped being involved, like, seven years ago, I probably would have believed it, too. Like, from an outsider's perspective, it was, like, how much was Glenn Sather, like, really doing at this point? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, my one thing I was going to say on this, this just proves my point from the last time we did a podcast. Whenever there is a big <laughs> name in the NHL, coach, player, GM, president, that's available, they're always linked to the Rangers. I, I just think, and, like, some may come true, and, like, they, you guys have obviously landed big names before, even though it never works out, but I just think NHL insiders know that if they just say this person could go to the Rangers, it's automatically going to be believed. Yeah, and you're going to get a ton of clicks. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just proving my point. I mean, would you be pumped if you – I mean, if you heard the link, though, or do you just stop believing in it? Yeah, no, I agree with that too. Like Steve, Steve Eisman would be pretty cool. Again, I don't think not an ounce of anything that's going to happen. I think he's going to go to Detroit, but on the off chance he would go to the Rangers, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah, I could see Davidson though. That would be a good fit. I love JD. JD was awesome. Uh, I always thought he's better than Sam Rose. And Rangers fans don't crucify me for that one. Moving on, two players that didn't do a ton of shit this year. Tobias Reeder finished the season without scoring a goal, proving to the CEO that he was correct. Tobias Reeder ruined their year. And also Val Niskushin, who was a pretty high pick Russian kid out of Dallas, uh, finished the season with 57 games played, no goals, and no penalty minutes. That's the longest streak for a forward in NHL history. So, uh, yikes. Tobias Reeder, man. Toby. Toby Reeder. I wanted to believe in this guy so bad, and I wanted him to go on a tear. Um, after the GM did that, or the owner. But if you just go completely silent and score zero goals, I think his NHL career is done. I, would, I think he's out. I would hope so. Like, And it sucks. He's a pretty good player, right? He's super fast. He's good on the PK, but, like, I mean, dude. You got bodies, dude. He was right. Mark, I, Mark Stahl I mean, had more goals than you this year. Yeah, obviously – I mean, obviously the owner saying that it was his fault is ridiculous, but you still have to respond in some way. Like, you couldn't muster together one goal. You could have, couldn't have stay out on the ice just one time, like a little late with McDavid on the ice to try to get something. Maybe just bury a rebound. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. you got called out. The the fans chanted something uh, about him in one of the one of the few games we made it. I don't know if it was Tobias Reader. I was hoping maybe it's just Toby. 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 Like, that had been kind of cool, but I don't know. That sucks. And Val Niskushin, that sucks. Drafting somebody that high and having him. I mean, there's always been controversy with him, too. He came over here and he didn't play in enough games. So we went to the KHL and he's like, I don't want to play here anymore. Comes back, doesn't score a goal. Rough luck. Yeah, it is, it is a rough look. You're right on that. I mean, <laughs> And, like, the other thing, too, is, like, no penalty minutes. Like, how is he doing absolutely nothing? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like he did nothing. Yeah, and here's the thing. And when you say that, I don't know if people are going to look at it like, oh, everybody needs to take penalty minutes or whatever. But in some cases, man, penalty minutes shows me that you're fucking competing. That, like, you're battling for a puck. You're doing something to try to prevent somebody else from doing something. 
and uh, play 57 games without a goal or a single penalty minute, I wouldn't want that guy on my team. Right, I, and it's like it's a little different too when like Johnny Gaudreau is getting like nine, like ten penalty minutes in a season. It's like okay, that guy took five minors; they're probably all hooking, but like he doesn't. He has a hundred fucking goals. Yeah, exactly, and he has the puck more than he doesn't have the puck to begin with. If you're like a third or fourth line guy, like that shows like even an accidentally like everyone gets a call that's bullshit on them in a season, just like in a scrum. Yeah, like that. Like you don't get that lucky. Like at the end of the day, it shows you weren't where you needed to be. Also, like, how can you last game of the year? How do you not take a penalty? Yeah, that's true. Just hack somebody right in front of the ref. How do you not do that? I don't know. Well, I maybe he's trying to break awards. Maybe he's like, "This is gonna be my lasting mark on the NHL." That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. If that's actually what he wanted to do. <laughs> um, last one. You wanted to talk about this, Ryan Strom of the Rangers. What did you want to talk to me about? I just wanted to ask you really quick, and it's not just Ryan Strom; it's actually the Strom family. So you post, you retweeted that like Dylan Strom video with like that little girl or whatever. He had a big season when he got traded over the Blackhawks. Ryan Strom came over to the Rangers, had a pretty good season too. We used to always clump the Stroms in with the Stalls uh, and any other hockey family. Are they still in that family to you, or do you actually kind of like the Stroms? Uh, this is a great question. So if you look at the trade line dec- deadline acquisitions and just players that were traded to a different team this year, the player that leads the league in the most points with the new team is Dylan Strom, and the player that scored the most goals with the new team is Ryan Strom. So they both had influential impacts on their team. I always thought Ryan Strom was kind of a weirdo. He just kind of looked weird to me. I didn't really appreciate the type of game that he played. He was a stud for the Rangers, man. And not a sense where like he was electric with the puck, but he was a very, very good two-way center. He seemed to be a leader, and it's weird because he's still pretty young. He's got to be like 25 years old, something along that line. I, he's the type of player that if he ends up getting an A by the end of his career, I would not be shocked. Again, he's not going to be a guy. I mean, he almost put, he almost scored 20 goals this year. He may have had 20. I think he finished with 19. He's not going to be a 30-goal scorer, but he he is going to be a great guy for your third line, second line on the Rangers because we're rebuilding. But, like, he'll be a great guy there to kind of help people get better. And, I mean, they're both drafted, like, really high, so they have the talent there. Uh, they put Strom with Debrinkit in um, Chicago, classic at work, because every time Chicago gets a player who should be playing better and he goes there, he becomes fucking lights out. Uh the Stroms have very, very much impressed me this year. I think, at least for me, I'm officially saying they're off the Stahl family bandwagon. All right. Yeah, Dylan Strom, just for reference, 58 games, 51 points with the Blackhawks. So, um, pretty good stuff there. That's all I have. Definitely not bad. So, now we are going to move on to our playoff previews. This is going to be pretty good. Get ready for it. First playoff uh, preview, the Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. <coughs> Each one of these, we're going to have a storyline, what to watch for, a player to watch, and then our prediction. So, uh, what do you have for the storyline for the Blue Jackets and the Bolts? John Tortorella is my storyline. Okay. Little throwback. This is a John Tortorella positive podcast. People forget. And listen, I'm not one of these people saying Cooper shouldn't win the Coach of the Year award because he was had the greatest team in front of him. He still had to have them. Like they could have not had a record-breaking year. Like John Cooper is a great coach. He's kind of an enigma the way he got into the league. Really respect the dude. And think think about think about how many good players he has on that team, and having to be able to manage ice time for people without people getting pissed, and like having people buying into roles that they might not have been in in like the past. I, John yeah, Cooper's awesome. I get what you're saying there, hundred percent. 
and just having young guys plug in and play huge roles like mm-hmm. Joseph and Sorelli. Nani Gord, fucking Braden Point. Right. So, with that said, John Tortorella is the greatest coach in franchise history when it comes to the Bolts. People forget before he went to the Tampa Bay Lightning, they had lost 50 games or more in four straight seasons. It was a dying franchise in a hot market. John Tortorella goes in there, turns it around, gets them their first cup. And now it's one of the biggest like hockey towns in the country. Like You can argue that, but I've been to a game. It's a great atmosphere. They have a couple good local bars that are like hockey bars. And the fans love it. Like Tampa loves their hockey team. So it's a great market. And I think John Tortorella is the person who built that. Those teams that he had with St. Louis and Le Cavalier. So shout out to him. I'm just saying, Torts is coming back. I hope he comes back with the vengeance. And you and you know him playing against his former team in the first round. That's going to be important to him. He's going to have those boys battling. So good storyline. My storylines are Temi Panarin. I think the Blue Jackets do as much as he wants to do. So I think at this point, just whether or not he wants to get to New York faster. So I think my player to watch is Artemi Panarin. Or my storyline. My player to watch is Sergei Bobrovsky. This guy, I think when he's on, he's a top three goalie in the NHL. Just because of his athleticism, the way he attacks the puck, when he's on, he's disgusting. He's the type of goalie in in a series like this where the Blue Jackets are probably, I would think, going to try to slow down the pace of the game as much as they can. He's the goalie, if on, that can steal some games. And if I were the Bolts, like, out of all the teams to play first round, I feel like I feel like that kind of sucks. Yeah, plus, I feel like Russian goalie versus Russian goalie, anything can happen. Like Battle. A, a Russian duel, that's some crazy shit. So good point there. My player to watch is Josh Anderson. He's 6'3", 220. He flies. He had 27 goals. Heavy body. I think he's, a, if he's the type of guy, if he has a big performance in the playoffs, that does wonders. Uh, for the Blue Jackets. So I, I think that, and just kind of translating from his heavy game, I mean, we've seen it before. The year, and I bring this up so much on the podcast, that Dubinsky shadowed Crosby in the playoffs, and the Blue Jackets took them to the wire, and every game was, like, unbelievable, and the cannons going off, and they're saluting rock and roll. It's just, like, an unbelievable scene. Like, that that's going to happen. Like, I I think they're going to play that style. They're going to play that shutdown. They have those guys, Felino, Boone Jenner, heavy bodies that play the puck and they're just going to try to grind and then try to have Duchesne, Dezingle, Panera and just fly and catch a couple goals. So I think it will be a really interesting series. I'll transition to my pick right now. All those wonderful things I said and people forget Karko, Yarko Kakalainen or whatever his name is. I think you nailed it. He was a gunslinger at the trade deadline. We love it, but I'm going to go Bolts in seven. Seven games. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going Bolts in five. Because to me, it depends a lot on those guys. And coming down to the wire, Bobrovsky, remember when he didn't even go to the rink? They told him to leave. Like, I don't know. Torts being torts. Next next matchup, the Penguins and the New York Islanders. Uh, Sidney Crosby just got his 100th point not that long ago. Jake Gensel has 40 fucking goals, like out of nowhere. Probably more than that. Um, what do you have on this this matchup? I mean, it could be a pretty good one. Yeah, Jake Hensel, 40 goals, 36 assists. Uh, Malkin, 72 points in 68 games. Chris Letang's back. What what do you have on this one? Yeah, so my what to watch for is going to be the Islanders' power play. Uh, is 29th in the league. It's at like a 14% clip. That's super low. I feel like if you're going to be playing in the playoffs, it's hard enough to be running with a shitty power play. Seen it with the Bruins like 12 times, even though our power play is nasty now. 
I just think that's going to be really hard when you're playing the Penguins when they have Gensel scoring 40 goals, Crosby, Malkin, all those guys. They are going to put up some points, and like if you can't translate on a power play late in the game, like that's going to be an issue. That's, I mean, that's that's solid. I was going to put, and this is a storyline not to watch for, but this is one that they're going to jam down your throats. Is the fact that Barry Trotz won the Cup last year, and how the Islanders weren't supposed to be in playoff contention. Having said that, my my I guess storyline. Brian Dumoulin's still out. He just skated, I guess, earlier this week for the Penguins. May not be a big name to you. You know that we love him on here because he's from Bidford, Maine. But Brian Dumoulin's the type of defenseman you want in the playoffs. He plays that stay-at-home defense type game. He's going to be physical every single time you touch the puck. Not having him, low-key, that's a huge hole in Pittsburgh's defense, at least to me, I would think. So I think that's something to watch for. Having said all this, and you guys know how... Oh, wait, player to watch. We'll, we'll go to your player to watch. Who, who are you uh, watching? That was a good one. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to say Robin Leonard, uh, the comeback kid, had an unbelievable season. We've always been team neck tech too. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole reason the car hot and bet started was because of Robin Leonard. Um, so I want to thank him for that as well. So I mean, he's played unbelievable. If he can, he, if he can steal a game or two from the Penguins, I think that's really what's going to come down to is can Robin Leonard steal a game from the Pittsburgh Penguins? Yes, Robin. I mean. Robin Leonard had a lights out year. They just won that one award that goes to like the best goaltending or whatever in the NHL. I forget what the fuck it's called, but uh, yeah, we love neck tattoos. My player to watch, and it's gonna be players to watch, and it's gonna be the fourth line, the New York Islanders. Clutterbucks, Ezekiel, Matt Martin need to be physical. Need to be what they normally are in the regular season. They got to bring that into the playoffs. I'm telling you what, in the middle of a playoff game, and if I'm on the ice and I look over and that's the line that I'm against, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is gonna be awful. Are the Islanders playing at the Coliseum? I don't know. That's a huge one. I don't know what the deal is with that. We probably should have looked that up because I probably would base my decision solely on that because you got to start Clutterbuck, <laughs> Zizekas, and Martin game one at the Coliseum if that's the situation or just have them run bodies. I feel like that would dictate the series right there. Yeah, and having, said, having said that, man, because of those four and because they had a great year, man, Barry Trotz does know how to win. I got the New York Islanders in six games. I'm going to go Penguins in six, but I like your pick. I, I was like, this was probably one of those. There's a few of these series that are absolute top-ups for me, and this is one of them. Plus, it'll be awesome to, to see Islanders be like, oh, it didn't even take us a year to win a playoff series without Tavares. <laughs> All right. So, so <laughs> Caps Hurricanes, bud. Uh, uh, Storyline, I'll just let you go. Okay, my storyline is it's going to be all about the stupid celebrating and not about hockey until the Caps open the gates of hell and send the Hurricanes packing. They probably should have spent more time this year strategizing hockey plays and less time going to museums or Google searching popular dance moves for celebrations. So my storyline is going to be how sweet the Carolina Hurricanes are until it comes time to play hockey where they just get ran over. Yeah, I mean the one thing, dude, and this is so funny. People must hate listening to us talk about this. I think it's so funny that they stopped doing it right before the playoffs. Like, stick to your guns. Like, yeah. if you're going to be the fun patrol, don't dip your toes in the water. you got to jump in that deep end. You can't give up now. Like, how can you how can you take that away now after the whole season? How can the fan be, base be like, oh, yeah, like, it's about winning now. Like, this time is ours. It's like, no. The reason that you guys love this team so much is because they were so much fun and if that's like their mantra, like if you're gonna be like the locker room, we're like we're the fun guys, like like we like make everyone laugh after the game and we win games too, like then you gotta keep doing it. So 
I'm just players to watch. I'll go players to watch. It, they're gutless. You're right. Um, players to watch. I mean, this isn't even like a player to watch, but like I confidently think the Capitals could roll the Hurricanes only running two lines. Oh, I don't believe I don't believe that for a second. I I think I think you really hate the Hurricanes, but and I know you're not sold on a lot of their players, but like to me, they have a lot of depth up front on offense, and they're pretty skilled and they're fast. And like as a fan of a team that plays them like three times a year, and I know you guys saw them a lot. How did you guys? How did the Rangers do against the Hurricanes? Not, I hate it. Not great. We lost one game like eight to seven. Mark Stahl was dash six. That's what I'm saying. So. I'm going to say Capitals in six. Oh, and it doesn't matter now, but I'll just toss this in there too. My player to watch was going to be Michael Furlan because I think one thing that could help the Hurricanes, and I know Furlan's not really like a heavyweight, but he's 6'2", 210. I love Furlan. I do too. I, I think, and I don't think he got re-signed, did he? No. That was, that was their trade deadline acquisition was keeping him. He's going to be one of those uh, power forwards that get signed in the offseason. And you're going to love him for two years, and then you're going to hate him for the next three years on his contract. But it'll probably kind of be worth it. Like, I would still love those two years. Saying that, like, if he goes out there in, like, game one or game two, and he runs at Tom Wilson, like, fight Tom Wilson. You're the toughest guy on the Hurricanes. I looked up and down that roster. Guys, you are the guy. Like, if Tom Wilson's going to be running around and no one's going to be answering to his teammates, like, that's bad news bears. Tom Wilson dictated playoff series last year. He's an electric player. Say what you want about him, if he's dirty or not. He controls games sometimes with the way he plays in the new NHL. So if Michael Furland is willing to fight Tom Wilson or at least engage him every single game, like you don't have to f- drop the gloves, but you need to go up to him whenever he does something like once a game, then I think that goes a long way for the Hurricanes. I would agree with that. I think that's the only way I would ever even be remotely worried is if Tom Wilson gets bullied, which I don't think it's going to happen, but... To have the balls try to do something, I would respect it. Um, prediction, you had Caps in six. Is that what you said? Yeah. All right, Caps in four. Quickest playoff series of all time. Uh, last one, the Eastern Conference, your Bruins against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, what's your What's your storyline? What, what are we watching for with this? Well, well, Ked, I'm really pumped for this series. My storyline um, – I mean, I got to say, it's the five-year plan. Um, I think it's year four. They jumped the gun on it. Toronto media, all of a sudden, chirp, chirp. You hear everyone talking. Mike Babcock is suddenly a bad guy, maybe. Maybe all of a sudden people are like, oh, Babcock's not that sick. A lot of rumblings with that. They, they went into the Coliseum a couple of times. John Tavares got a wedgie. No one did anything about it. Mitch Marner's dad's on Facebook and Instagram talking <laughs> about contracts next year. If the Toronto Maple Leafs don't win this series, is Toronto going to burn to the ground? Because I feel like the Toronto media, like they're one playoff series away from making up stories about Phil Kessel eating hot dogs again. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we asked this last week, or maybe I texted you or I tweeted it out. If the Maple Leafs get swept, which, I mean, that's it's a, I don't know if they're going to. The Toronto Maple Leafs still really a team. But if they get swept by the Boston Bruins, it's Babcock out. I don't know, man. And I think and I think the reason I say I don't know is because, like, I can't get a read on Dubas yet. We talked about him last podcast, too. Yeah. I think I like him. I think he's a really smart guy. But, like, you're in this weird situation now where you guys paid this coach a ton of money. He's super respected. But like, are things actually not going that well? Like, I don't know. That would be interesting. That's good. Uh, my storyline to watch: 
is they're gonna they're gonna plug this as an original six, and we're gonna see so many trash videos from like the 1940s, where not anybody's gonna know who's on the ice. And that's not a chirp at Boston or Toronto. They do it with the Rangers every once in a while, where they put somebody on the screen. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Um, I think it's just the original six thing, man. Uh, and we talked about having the playoffs, like what what format we would want it to be in, and they did this format to create rivalries. And I, it's kind of nice to see the Bruins and the Leafs go at it. Like, it's been a while since it was like that, and, and I feel like it's right back to it. Um, my player to watch. Oh, wait. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say on that, though. Like, so I'm going to game two, like, uh, and I know a lot of teams do this, but whenever you're in, like, a playoff series, they always bring back a former player, and nothing gets me more pumped up when there's some, like, 84-year-old who played in, like, the 40s, and, like, he had, like, left – he like got drafted and like went to World War Two and then came back and played a couple more seasons. He's getting the crowd pumped up, and you know like seventy percent of the people are just so drunk and have no idea who this guy is. But it gets it gets the blood going. Do you get what I'm saying? I have a different storyline. Is ahead. this is this the first playoff series that the Bruins have had without Renee Rancor singing the national anthem? It is. We haven't really found like a solid replacement either. So I so I'd be watching who's doing your anthems. Yeah, well, that's true, dude. I I still have it in the back of my head, and I don't know if this would actually happen. But if like Toronto Bruins gets the game seven, I wouldn't be surprised if they call out the big dog because that fuck. would that would drive the place to go. Could nuts. you imagine? Wow. Now, now, would you waste that in the first round, or would you keep that for the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I get what you're saying with the Stanley Cup, but like maybe I I don't know. Like maybe just keep. <sighs> it's tough because like, what if we don't get to the Stanley exactly. Cup? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and maybe that would be like the turning point, like oh, when Renee went out there, like we knew we were going to win the. Cup. Have you like, have like, you have you thought about this at all? Because like if as, if I was a Bruins fan, this would be something that would be in the back of my mind. Yeah, I just told you, dude, I got that game seven theory, dude. I, I fully believe it could happen. It probably won't, but God, I hope he's out there somewhere. Like he's in the garage, like practicing his vocals. No. Who's um, who's your player to watch? So last year, the Bruins and the Leafs went seven games, and what did the Leafs do? They brought in John Tavares to be their savior. So my player to watch is John Tavares. How is this guy going to compete in the playoffs? As a captain with the New York Islanders, he only won one playoff series against the Florida Panther team. Yes, he did score to get them to move on. It's going to be interesting, man. This is kind of like the Ovechkin never won a cup. Stamkos never won a cup. Tavares has only won one playoff series. So my player to watch, and and the Leafs will go as he goes. If he fucking goes out there and dominates as a brew, as like a potential Bruins fan, I would be rattled. But that would be my number one player to watch. Because also, you go seven games, then one team just adds like a bona fide superstar, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I um, The only reason that I'm truly like scared of the Leafs is because we've owned them for so long. And like, they're they've dear. Never been on us, and we dominated them in the regular season again this year. It's like, they might be due. Um, saying that, I have two players to watch. First one, um, got to give a shout-out, David Krejci. A lot of people might not know this about the season that he just had, but I think he had played in 81 games, which was the most on the Bruins, and he had 71 points or 72 points. He had 50-something assists. It was actually like a career year for him assist-wise. Um, everyone knows the Bruins have made the cup twice uh, since their first win, like eight or nine years ago. David Krejci led the playoffs both times in, pl- in points, so if he's going – that's huge for us. He needs to stay healthy. And speaking of healthy, Brandon Carlo, 
the last two years before the playoffs and like the last five games, Brandon Carlo got injured and missed the playoffs completely. In game 82 this year, the Bruins sat him, which was like, thank God. <laughs> uh, Yo, can you out. imagine like they're in for team meetings and like, Carlo, you're in. And he's like, coach. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to sit this one out, coach. Because, I mean, that sucks. If you got to, like, stretch it off full times, too. So, he's back. I, I know, like, I know he's not the sexiest player in the world. And people always got mad that we didn't pull the trigger trading him for Landis Cog. But this year, I'm super happy with how he turned out. Um, I Like, I don't know if this is still the case, but about a month ago, he was first in the NHL for defenseman for the lowest goals against average while on the ice. Uh that's a pretty big number. He plays the big matchups. He lets Tory Krug do his thing. So, Carlo being in the lineup for the first time in the last two playoff runs is huge for the Bruins. I actually have a question for you. Are all your normal starting six defensemen healthy? Uh, yeah. Well, Kevin Miller just Kevin Miller just got back, so he's going to be okay. Kevin, who is John Moore, is injured, but yeah, our, our six are back. Is Steve Camper going to be in your top six? Steve, Steve, once John Moore gets healthy, Steve Camper is now our ninth defenseman. So, so not even close. Well, but it's the Bruins, so he'll probably be back in no time. True. All right. Um, what do you have? Bruins leaves. Bruins and four. Bruins and four. Oh, yeah. Man. I said that last. Remember last podcast? I was kidding. I don't actually think it. Well, you know what? Yes, I do think it's going to happen. Bruins and four. Book it. All right. I didn't write down my prediction. I honestly didn't write it down because I want to see if I could get any hope from you throughout the course of this prediction. I would like to say that Ked officially goes Bruins and Bruins and six. You went back, dude. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna make believe me. I know, but it's like one of those things. It's just I don't see. I mean, the the first line the Bruins have is just so good. The the thing that would rattle me and like you're probably gonna think I'm an idiot is I don't think the Bruins defense is particularly all that great. I think Charles lost a step over the last couple of years. Charlie McAvoy is awesome. You just talked about Brandon Carlo. I thought he was overrated until he just told me that stat. So that makes me feel better. Tory Krug's pretty good on the power play. He competes. I don't know who your your fifth and sixth defensemen are. Grizzly, I think, can be overpowered a little bit as a smaller defenseman, and then I don't know who your sixth defenseman would be. Killer, dude. Oh, Kevin Miller. I kind of like him. He battles pretty hard. Um, I think if Kevin Miller has a good playoff, I'd be I'd be pretty pumped to be a Bruins fan. Yeah, that's that's true too. Like, because when Kevin Miller's on his game, he's hitting people, and he hasn't been healthy all year, and he's pretty much missed. I think he's missed like fifty games this year. So if he's actually healthy and he's like hitting people and setting the tone, like I think that's what we need against the Leafs. It's just to bully him around. The that's th- I think that and like I wouldn't be particularly worried about Charlie McAvoy and Zdeno Chara. After that, those guys need to step up, and I think if those guys step up and perform well, I don't think the Bruins have any problem beating them. But if they struggle and they're getting danced, and then I'd be a little bit rattled. But like I said, Bruins and six. All right. Uh, now we're going to move on to our Western Conference uh, playoffs. First one, it looked like the Stars were playing the Jets for the longest time. Are we sure that they're playing the Predators? Because I was, like, convinced that it was Stars-Jets. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, 95% sure. Yes. Yes, dude. Are you serious right now? I'm just making sure because last week it was Stars-Jets, so something must have happened in the, in the playoff picture. Yeah, so... Predators, Stars. Okay, so I think my uh, thing to watch for is can Nashville finally put it all together? 
Like, this has been a team that has been so good for, like, a substantial amount of time. They're, they kind of remind me of the New York Rangers a few years ago where they, they made the playoffs pretty much every year. They would get to the conference finals. Um, I mean, I think they have a way better defense than, the, than what they had, but are they going to put it together? Is Pekka Rene going to fucking implode again? We don't know if that'll happen. I think, for me, that would be it. I don't know. What, what's your storyline with this series? Two. Um, my first one is, is Mike Fisher going to come out of retirement? <laughs> no Carrie no Underwood is a huge loss. I don't know how they're going to go on without him. Like, are the country stars still going to be singing there? Like, do we still have the big names coming out every night? I love when Carrie they do that. Do you think Carrie Underwood makes an appearance? Yeah. Similar to Rancourt. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. My, uh, my, my second storyline for you, Dallas Stars owner, um, same kind of like with the Edmonton Oilers, except for he did the reverse. He called out Ben and Sagan, and it kind of worked. Yeah. Um, but do you think the Senators are like a star? If they win, or the Stars shit? If they win the Stanley Cup, are they like joking about it with the owner, or are they like giving them swirlies and being like, "Ha, oh, you're." Oh no, guy. they're joking with him for sure. They're having beers with him if they end up winning but, the cup, hundred percent. It's like, yeah, I think, too, with, like, knowing, like, kind of, like, Ben and Sagan's personality, it'd probably be more of, like, a fuck you, pal. Like, but, like, joking. Like, yeah, like, come here, we'll drink a beer, and I'm going to fucking give you a wet willy, but we can all have a good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still going to assert my dominance on you because you're an idiot. Exactly. Um, my player to watch, Matt Zuccarello, man. He's played, I think, two games with the Dallas Stars, and he has a goal and two assists. He got hurt in both of those games. But they rested him up. He should be good for the playoffs. I mean, I think you probably think I overvalue what he brings to teams and shit like that. But this guy, especially on a team with that many offensively talented players, I would be fucking rattled having to play the Stars. Especially if Zook is healthy. And then, because you can split up. You can put Jamie Benn with Tyler Sagan. You put Rattleov with, uh, with Zook, whatever way they want to do it. And then you still have Jason Spezza. Radic Fox is sick, by the way. Have you seen that guy play? Yeah. He's huge and he plays hard and he's like super talented. Then you have your the goalie on the back end, Bishop, who got hurt towards the end of the year. I think he'll be in the pipes if he's not anti or uh, Anton Kadovin still fucking great. Can the Dallas Stars defense hold up or can their offense just take over? That would be that's what I'm, you know, watching. What what do you have here? Yeah, so my my guy is Big Ben Bishop, 934 save percentage under two goals against uh, That's so good. Uh, yeah, so he had a really good season. I think he's an underrated player, but like you said, coming off an injury, it seems like Ben Bishop's always coming off an injury. That's usually been the issue with him. Like uh, I remember that Rangers Lightning series way back in the day when it was he was kind of battling injuries, and then they went to the Cup final, and that was kind of the first look at Vasilevsky as like a young Russian like teenager. Yeah. So if he can stay healthy, like I really love Doby. I think he's one of the best backup goalies in the in the league, but I don't think he could beat the Predators in a series. So I, I think it's going to come down to Big Ben Bishop. Okay, and having said that, who do you have? <sighs> yeah, this is tough on me. I just said that, and like the more and more I convince myself uh, the Dallas Stars are going to win this series. But for some reason, and I don't know why, um, I was always rubbed the wrong way about Brett Hall's foot being in the oh crease. I don't, even, I don't even understand it or the rule, but I just remember – and I wasn't even a Sabres fan, but being like seven years old and being like, his foot was in the crease. Yeah. His foot was in the crease. I haven't gotten over that. So I think the Predators, like they, they've been playing pretty terrible at the end of the year. 
and like they don't have that like same like oh it's the predators kind of scariness to them they had a few years in the past and i think they're kind of sleeping on them so brian boyle and the boys i think will get it done in six games i mean i like what they did at the deadline I love what they did. They got Brian Boyle, who's a playoff player. They got Wayne Simmons, who's going to be fucking grinding. I think the biggest, I guess, waste of a trade ever was that Kyle Turris deal. Like, that one, I think they thought he was going to be great, and he ended up not being that good. For the first time, something for the Predators didn't pan out. Um, having said that, just because I need the Rangers to get a first-round or a first round pick, I'm going Dallas Stars, six games. All right. Um, moving on, Winnipeg Jets versus the St. Louis Blues. If you guys are following along, you have been, you know that I was white out Ked last year. I still like the Jets. They're my number two team in the playoffs. Uh, they're playing Ryan O'Reilly, the guy who fell out of love with hockey, and he's back in the playoffs. What a great story, blah, blah, blah. So that's my storyline is watching this guy getting paid millions of dollars telling me, oh, okay, I want to play again. Yeah, I and you mean, know what sucks? You know what sucks, man? Is like he's fucking good. He's a really, really good hockey player. Like I, if he was on my team, I'd be happy about it. But he pretty much gave up on the city of Buffalo, and I don't think that people give him enough shit for that because that's exactly what it was. You don't have this good of a year for St. Louis and tell me, oh, you just got better. That doesn't make sense. That was all attitude. That was being fucking marshmallow soft. I am over Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean. I, I totally get what you're saying. He hated playing in Buffalo. It's kind of like he, he's such a good player for the Blues, but like, and like you're right. If he was on my team, I would really like him. But in the back of my mind, I'd be like, this guy's kind of a Benedict Arnold. Like, if when things go bad, is he still going to be ride or die? Things go things go bad. He shuts down and he wants to start strumming his guitar. Yeah. So that's a good one. Mine is. I mean, dude, I this is all about you. It's the home ice advantage. It's the whiteout. They're passing out the t-shirts. Whiteout kid. Everybody knows that the hotels in Winnipeg are not NHL standards. Uh, it's a little bit tougher. <laughs> the NHL players are roughing it up there. There's not as much nightlife. There aren't that many places to get a good bite to eat. You're probably going to your local pizzeria for, like, chicken parm subs or whatever after a game. So, I mean, just going up there, probably still cold weather, a little dreary. Um, you can't take out You can't take out the fact that they have to go to Manitoba. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one. The home ice advantage, uh, I – who do you, here's a question now that we're talking about it, who has the best home ice advantage out of all the playoff teams? It's gotta be Winnipeg. I love, I love the Jets and I dude, I love the Saddle Dome. Yeah, Calgary's sick, especially with how excited they are this year. That's a good one. And 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 like I don't really like Calgary's jerseys, and like I always think red and yellow is kinda like, yeah, but it, their rink looks pretty cool. It has this like red and yellow almost. It looks like fog in there. Like it looks like just like it's ready to explode. You don't like their jerseys? I love their third jerseys. Yeah, well, their yeah. thirds are now their default first. Like they got rid of their first, and now the thirds are now their first, okay. which are well, sick. I'm about that. Yeah, I would agree, but that's not even this one. So who do you have? There's another team. There's another. I think there's another team that said that they're. Oh, the Capitals are wearing third jerseys. I think. No. Or no, the Hurricane. Hurricanes. Probably because they they're fucking idiots. Um, what? Who's your player to watch in this series? Yeah, I don't know why I put this down, but I said Jay Bomeister. I don't know, man. Something about Jay Bomeister. He turned it around this year. He was like a healthy scratch earlier in the year, and then all of a sudden he's been like playing lights out. Yeah, and that's so. Here's the thing: is I have vocally never been a Jay Bomeister fan, and I don't think I am a Joe Jay Bomeister fan by any sense. Like so he was overrated, weird looking um, dude. Yeah, I don't know what he's like like personality wise but I don't think he would like me 
Um, <laughs> but I kind of, I kind of like feel bad for him in a sense. Like it's kind of like, oh, like I don't know if I want him to win a cup and maybe go to like a cup final or something. Like I kind of want to root on for him. It's kind of like here you go, Jay. Like go get him, bud. Okay. So Jay Bowman Street said he turned it around a little bit this year. Like if he steps up, I mean, if he does play, like even crapping on him, he was a great second pair defenseman yeah. in his prime. Like if he can play to that level i think that does wonders against the jets in their second line with like kevin hayes if he can shut them down so good player to watch glad you said kevin hayes he's my player to watch kevin hayes wearing the tom brady number 12 uh they, he scored an overtime goal the other night it was sick against the chicago blackhawks and the i think i was watching winnipeg feed and they said that that was the first career overtime goal kevin hayes has ever scored wrong because he beat the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, when the Rangers were playing Pittsburgh in overtime in the playoffs. Kevin Hayes is a playoff performer. He's really taking strides this year. He's he's, he's come out and said he's taken um, more action to be a more pro, uh, professional hockey player. I respect that. Um, him, and then I would also watch out for Dustin Bufflin coming back from injury. How many people is he going to knock the wind out of? He's a big dude. He's a bear in the playoffs. We've seen it. What was it, last year? When they were playing the Preds, he was literally just throwing people around. On more than one occasion, he had two people, and he was just ragdolling both of them. Guy's a savage. Um, and the American goalie, Connor Hellenbuck. Love that guy. America. So that that would be my players to watch. Uh, having said that, I'm taking Winnipeg in five. Yeah, really quick with Bufflin, too. He was on the IR for a while. He came back, and he he basically like got in a fight with Kajula. Um, so, I mean, he's back. Playoff Bufflin. People talk about Crosby turning it on for the playoffs. Oh, my playoff, God. Right? Because if Bufflin played the way he did in the playoffs, he around his breakdown. Um, Is he the scariest player to play against in the playoffs? Up there, yeah. I would, I would, I would say he's top five. Um, and, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but I, I would love to see a Winnipeg-Washington final with him and Tom Wilson going at it in the playoffs. would be fucking sick. Yeah, no, that would be blue. I like I said, Blues and seven. I don't feel confident on that one at all. Um, yeah, the only I reason do. I say is they're just, they're just so red hot right now. Yeah, Bennington, dude, the Hamburglar. <laughs> um, next? next one, the Calgary Flames and the Colorado Avalanche. My thing to watch for is will Calgary's goaltending hold strong? I'd be nervous about drawing the Avalanche. They're kind of like a sneaky team. Who's going to be starting these games? Is it Mike Smith? Is it the Riddich guy? I'm not sure. I'm not a Calgary fan, so if you do know, let us know. Um, the Saddle Dome is sick. I love that place. Uh, just something to Calgary, too, right? Because they have that stampede, which is cool. Like When I think of Calgary, I just think of a bunch of cowboys and cowgirls who love their hockey. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, Calgary's a really cool place. I agree with that. Um, my thing, going back to the draft lottery from the beginning, is I just don't think that many good things should happen to one organization. Um, I think you're cocky if you're the Avalanche, if you think you're going to get the first pick and win a playoff series. So I just don't think the odds are working in their favor. I wonder if that's ever happened, if a team's ever won a playoff series and got a first overall pick. Not sure. Uh, my player to watch, I think I just kind of said it two seconds ago, was whoever's in net for Calgary. I think that would be my biggest thing. Calgary is pretty good. We talked about them last week. And I had no idea how much offensive firepower they had. And then we kind of looked at their defensemen. I love TJ Brody. I think he's sick. Um, to me, it just comes down to their goaltending. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, who is that? Mike Smith. Mike Smith's like the ultimate, um, like, how is he in the All-Star game again guy? Like, I feel like Mike Smith's always in the All-Star game. It never makes any sense. But 
Uh, I would say my players to watch, either the Cal McCarr guy, the defenseman for UMass, Obi Baker finalist, he looks sick. Um, if they went after the national championship game, it will be like game three of the playoffs. So if he goes in there and adds like a boost uh, to the Avalanche lineup, we saw McAvoy do it a few years ago and it was awesome. So, it, I mean, if that works out and he kind of goes in there and kind of has like an underdog role playing small minutes, that would be cool. And then Mark Giordano on the other side. So with all that Dowdy comments that came out um, and he was kind of supporting Giordano winning the Norris, I think it's kind of a big series for Giordano in a sense that you, like you said, TJ Brody, like he, he's a good player and they have some good defensemen, but they don't really have like a huge shutdown guy. Like Giordano's their shutdown guy. He's their number one defenseman. He plays penalty kill going up against McKinnon and Rantanen. That's like, a, that's a pretty big task. Those are two really good hockey players. So he's going to have to shut them down for them to win. Oh, I have another player to watch. Big game brass, dude. Derek Broussard shows up for the playoffs. So heads up on for him. Who do you got, dude? I uh, upset City, man. I got Avs in seven. I don't know why, but Calgary's never been fully able to get me to be convinced that they're that good. And I know they've won the games and all that stuff, but come playoff time would be interesting. So, um, I don't know. It's just something about the Avs, too, right? Like they they win like these weird games where McKinnon just goes off. Um, that's what I have. Who do you, what do you have? I'm, I feel like you're taking Calgary. Yeah, I'm going Calgary in five. I think. And I can't get this through my head, but last year when the Avalanche were playing the Predators in the first round, they kind of made a series of it. I still never took them seriously. I was kind of like, oh, like that's cute, good for them. But um, to me, they're still in that realm, and they're not a real possibility. So I do have Flames in five. Okay. All right. Uh, and then now our last series to go over. You're going to love this one. The San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. For me, the storyline to watch is Ryan Reeves' brother going crazy on Twitter. Whenever people go at Ryan Reeves, his brother, I forget his name, he plays football up in the Canadian League, is always on Twitter throwing shade at people. Um, it'll be fun to see what goes on here because I think in the last game, Reeves and Thornton were going at each other, and, and he, like, he like tweeted Thornton's a pussy pretty much. So, I don't know. I, I think Ryan Reeves' brother, that would be my thing to watch. All right. Um... That's a good one. Mine's mine's the second line. I think they call them the second line. They're really the first line of the Golden Knights, which is Stone, Stasny, Pacioretty. I've dumped on this line. I've dumped on these moves with the Vegas Golden Knights all year. I, I preached that the reason they got to where they were was because they were a grind and grind team, and they just worked hard, and they rolled four lines, and now they brought these pretty boys in. So here it is, like... Are the Knights a better team with these pretty boys? And everyone keeps talking about how they're a great team and this and that. Have you looked at how many points these Western Conference teams had? The Vegas Golden Knights had like 93 points. I feel like some years 93 points doesn't even get you into the playoffs. Like, I, like are these teams really that big of powerhouses to me? And I kind of look at this all over the NHL, like outside of Tampa Bay, I think almost anybody can beat anybody. So I... I just don't think the Knights are that great. And the Sharks have been struggling, so it's like, what the fuck? Yo, how about, like, Wild Bill Carlton? Last year had 43 goals, 35 assists. I'm pr he signed a one-year deal in the offseason, didn't he? Something like that. I bet he fucking wish he could take that back. So he had 24 goals, 32-6 for 56 points. It's still a good year, but, like, it's not 40 goals. Yeah, right. He's probably never going to score those again. So no. So that would have been your time to get as long of a contract as you want. Um, I don't know, man. Like, there's just something about I don't. I don't know. Um, my player to watch. It's, it's Thornton and Reeves. Last time they went at it, they both got uh, fined. I think twenty five hundred dollars for pretty much just butt ending each other in the face. I think one of my. 
there's two opposite ends of the spectrum of Joe Thorne, right? There's the funny goofball Joe Thorne that everybody really loves. And then there's the one side of Joe Thorne that I respect the most is when he plays like he's pissed. And he does it every once in a while. He did that game against Kadri off the draw where they fought. Like, it takes, I feel like it takes a lot for Joe Thorne to get mad, but when he does, like, watch the fuck out. It's like, it's like a very weird dynamic. So my player to watch is Joe Thorne. Is he going to be playing pissed off? Um, also, the Sharks better hope that they win this fucking series. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um... And goaltending. Goaltending for the Shark this year was awful. Awful. You you talk, and I'll bring that up for uh, for you when you're done. Yeah, so my wild card uh, player to watch is Nick Holden, number seven defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights. He played 60 games this year, currently not slotted into a roster spot. But if someone goes down and Holden goes in, then the Vegas Knights go out. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Martin Jones this year played in 62 games, 36 wins, 19 losses, which is decent until you look. His save percentage was 896, and his goals against was 2.94. Not great. No, it's not great at all. I guess really, I mean, really, like, the players we named are awesome. They're going to be six storylines to watch. But it probably will come down to Martin Jones. I believe in him in a weird way. He's done it before, so maybe he can find it for the playoffs. So I, I'm going to go Sharks in six. Okay, I want the Sharks. I truly do. But I think I think the Golden Knights, they went in six just because they're the Knights and that's what they do to us. Hell yeah. So uh, that was this week's NHL The News. Now we're going to get to our Twitter questions now. Oh, brought to you by Company 39. Company 39 is creating digital hockey camps with some of the best players on the planet, giving amateur players, coaches, and parents the ability to learn directly from the best. If you're a young hockey player, you need this. You get to see what a player like Joe Pavelski had to go through to get to where he is. If you're a men's league bender like me, you'll love it. If you're a hockey parent or coach looking to motivate your players, this is for you. You get an ebook with mindset tools from the athlete, and you get in-depth on-ice drills that you don't normally see, but you know that the pros use. I'm excited to say that we have a promo code to share with you guys. Go to company39.com, that's K-O-M-P-A-N-Y-3-9.com, and use the promo code MORNINGSKATE to save 20% off. While you're there, check the testimonials and see names like Charlie McAvoy and Anders Lee giving them their full endorsement. It's no joke, so head on over to company39.com, stop wondering, and start learning from the best. All right, Twitter questions. Logan... Hazelius wants to know which first round series is most likely to go seven games. We kind of just gave our predictions, but looking back on it, are there any series that you can see going seven? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think I picked a couple to go seven. You had the Blues. Uh, you had Blues in seven. Winnipeg, St. Louis is the series I think might go seven. Um, just based off uh, of the two teams, and I think they're kind of compatible in a weird way. And like I said, the Blues are hot. And then I also said. The Blue Jackets. I think the Blue Jackets can grind it out to seven games. I don't think they're going to win, but it just kind of seems like a torts thing to do. Yeah, um, I think, and there's no reasoning behind it. I kind of explained it earlier, but the Flames and the Avalanche would be would be my teams uh, going seven. Next question, uh, Isaac Vercheck wants to know which wild card team do you think has the best chance to pull off a first round upset? I mean, we know your answer. Yeah, we know my answer, dude. I don't really know if I po- I really picked any big upsets. Trying to go through, I almost feel like I pretty much picked the favorite in every single one. I guess my biggest upset might be the Penguins over the <laughs> Islanders, which is super weird to say. Yeah. Blues, Jets. It's a little bit interesting. I'm not entirely sure. And then the last Twitter question, Brian Adler wants to know, is there a bigger douche in the NHL than Mike Babcock? <laughs> I don't know. Who's the biggest douche know. in the NHL, Hal? 
I mean, to me, and he doesn't play anymore with that award. It's always that's the Mike Ribeiro uh, <laughs> honorary award. So could Babcock be nominated? Yes. Is he the winner? I'm not a hundred percent sure. My ear isn't that close to the to the room, you know. Yeah, I mean, you also have Pierre Maguire there, right? And Joe Micheletti's become a huge douche to me. Not a fan of that guy. So it's a good question on Twitter questions now. We are now going to move on to our Patty B Hotline. Take it away, Patrick. Hey, this is the Patty B Hotline, brought to you by the Morning Skate. Thanks, Patty B. All right, we got two voicemails this week. We're going to hop right into them. Here is the first one. Skate, how are you now? Uh, a couple weeks ago, you guys were talking about how it was a baller move for Tom Dundon to come in and buy the new football league, the Alliance of American Football. Yesterday, it was announced that he's suspending operations for the league for the rest of the season, and the rumor is that he was only ever interested in the AAF so he could get a hold of the gambling app that they were putting together and didn't really care about the league itself. My question to you is, how much does that enhance his status as head of a bunch of jerks? Anyway, can't wait for this episode of the show. Talk to you later. Bye. Tom Dundon, that freaking guy. So he buys the AAF, not even for the AAF. He pulls pulls a 360, 180, I don't know, whatever one that'd be. And he just wanted it for the gambling app. This guy is reckless. He's lawless. Yeah, and you know what? He is the head of the bunch of jerks club. You know what? I, I think Tom Dunnan's a wild card. But look, Tom Dunnan's all about family fun, right? This and that. We're getting the kids here. Everyone's getting all happy. We're doing the celebrations, viral moments. It's awesome. Tom Dundon bought the AAF, and then was like, "Just kidding." A few days later, and there, it's like it's like uh, that Firefest documentary. There are hundreds of people without jobs. Players, <laughs> there were players that were on these teams that got injured, and there's nobody covering their medical bills. There were there are players that got like Airbnbs and hotels. And basically, the league's like, "Oh, we can't pay for him. Like, good luck." And they're just like living out of a car. Like, like Tom Dundon was like, he's ruthless. Like, he's not Mister Fun. I just wanted to make that point. I I just like he's like he's almost become the villain in every movie. Like the fake villain that's supposed to be this really good guy, and then behind closed doors, he's out there like not doing good things. Between between Dallas, Ottawa, um, Edmonton. In Carolina, it was a huge year for owners. Yes, I mean, you know how we do that award show? We're definitely going to have to have an award this year for, like... Owner of the year? Yeah, like the morning skates owner of the year. Yeah, that would be electric. Um, Good question, though. I appreciate that. The next question, I think this one comes from Patty B, and here it is now. Hey, morning skate, Patty B here. All right, question of... So, when do you think, like, the average span of, like, a coach is for being, like, an NHL of, like, a losing team? The Sabres today fired Coach Housley after two years. Do you think they could have gone with one more year or, like, two years that's, like, fine enough? You got to win or you're out of your job. And, um, yeah. And, um... Sorry, guys, that you did not win the bet for Hudden. I saw him a few times. There were some wins. There were some more losses. So sorry there, buddy. All right, later, guys. Bye. Appreciate Patty B calling me a buddy. I think over the last like year or two, our relationship has really grown uh, friendship level. So Patty B has a question. He wants to know about life expectancy of a coach. 
And Pat, if you were to ask me, I would say it all depends on whatever the situation is. If you look at Phil Housley and you and you look at the players that the Sabres have drafted, the players that the Sabres have gotten, like the Sabres were pretty good at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden they were like, okay, never mind, just kidding. And I think as ownership, you see how good they can be. And when they stop performing up to that standard, like some of it does go to the players, but a lot, I think a lot of it does go on the coach, right? Especially with a young team like that. And if they see a young team not given that 100%, that, that goes on the guy who's supposed to be running the ship. So I would put that on the coach. I'd put it on Jack Eichel, whatever leaders are in that locker room. It seemed like they stopped playing for him. I, I think it depends on what team it is. In this case, I think Phil Housley 100% need to be fired for the Sabres to be a better team. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with your point in the sense that it does kind of depend on if your team makes strides and if they're able to build like a culture yeah. there that seems positive and it's an uptick. Like if, you, if you're a – basically if you come to a crappy team and in your first year they don't perform, but you don't make any strides and there's no like glimmer of hope, then you can fire them. I don't, I don't care if you're supposed to like stick to a plan. After a year, you should at least see something promising like – if that's not happening, then you got to cut the cord. I think I think for most of the time, I think I'd usually give guys two years, and at the end of year two, kind of be like, all right, are we going to give them one more year? Are we going to let them go? Are we going to lock them up long term? I think after two years as a young coach, you can kind of get like a vibe of where the team's going to go with him. So you're right. It does depend. I'm glad that you said that because uh, they interviewed David Quinn after the Rangers season was over. It may have been today. And he said – Pretty much, he's like, this wasn't the year that we really wanted. We wanted to do better. But he said he was proud of the fact that he believes that every single player on the Rangers is better now than what they were a year ago. And I think that's pretty sick. Because if you look at it, there's a lot of truth to that. Mika Zibanejad became like this, I don't know, pretty much a first-line center. Like an actual first-line center, which is sick. The only player who really didn't perform, I would say, would be Henrik Lundqvist. But it's hard for a guy who's used to winning and being so hard on himself, like, accepting that. So I think I think you said what, like you nailed it. How like if if the Rangers were really bad this year, which they were, but the players didn't develop, they didn't have that culture, all this shit. Like I tell you what, the Rangers may have been worse this year than they were the year past, but they didn't give up, and that was something huge to see because under Elaine Vigneault, like you knew when it was over. Like you, he should have honestly been fired the year before that, but they gave him a contract the year before that. But like you could tell that the the team gave up, and like you. I don't know. It's weird as a fan to be able to like pinpoint that, but it is the case. And I, and for me, at least, I think Buffalo kind of gave up. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, thanks for the phone call, guys. Those were good. If you want to call in, 518-309-2595. It's 518-309-2595. Leave us some voicemails. We loved it. Appreciate it. Because we're not doing uh, three stars this week, we're, here's our last segment brought to you by Logos Sports. Lee Stepniak, Heroes and Zeros. How do you augment that young group with a veteran player that brings stability, adds a little scoring punch, and has been around the block to make a difference? Tonight's focus is on that guy, number 21, Lee Stempniak. All right, hero and zero time. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You can go first. I'll do my zero of the week. My zero of the week goes to Steve Kampfer. Uh, Your name goes on the Stanley Cup for one of three reasons. You play 41 regular season games. You play one finals game for a cup. And the NHL grants you an exception for extenuating circumstances. Back in 2011, it was granted to Mark Savard after getting a second concussion. In 2010-11, Camper played 38 games as a seventh defenseman for the cup champion Boston Bruins. He didn't play in the finals. He did credibly miss a few games due to injury, but the NHL denied the B's appeal to have his name on the cup. Uh, this year, after being traded back to Boston, Camper has played in 34 games. This was a couple weeks ago. So far, the Bruins had five games left. 
He won't reach 41 season this year, but like 2011, he'll come really close. I'd put him at doubtful to play in the finals, giving the people return to health, but you can't count out a finals appearance. Steve Camper is a loser. Zero of the week. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine playing how many games did he play when the Bruins won the Cup? 38 games as a seventh defenseman. Didn't play in the finals and you don't get your name on the Cup? Yeah, that's tough. That's a rough go, and it could happen again this year. I love it. Yeah, um, and the other thing too is, do you count do you count the Bruins' chances out if Camper does play again? Ah, uh, fuck, man. I mean, yeah, it depends. Can you see a world where Camper's name's on the cup. I mean, I don't think he's. How many games do you have to play in the playoffs? Is it is that one. a thing? One. No, one in the cup final. No, I think it's the playoffs, dude. It says you play one final game for a cup champ. Maybe it is Stanley Cup finals. I don't know. Um. I mean, we've seen crazy shit happen. I could see the fucking Bruins get to win a series in five games and he plays the fifth game and you guys are off for like two weeks and then everybody comes back okay. healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all right. That's a good one. I don't want to like do too much Bruins, so I won't really relate this to the player, but we have a prospect, Zach Sinition. He was one of the guys we reached for behind over like Barzell and Brett. Brock Besser and connect me and all those guys in that draft. Who'd you pick in that uh, draft really quick? You did DeBrusque, this guy, and somebody else, right? Laborl, who was actually not a reach. He was supposed to be really good. Okay. Um, but he scored his first goal in his first NHL game, and it was an empty net goal. Um, having your first NHL, I mean, he's a point per game player, and he scored an NHL goal, but, and this doesn't relate to him, having your first NHL goal being an empty net is kind of, a, kind of weird. Um, I don't know how to put it other than that. Um, and it was kind of, I kind of gave him redemption points because uh, I saw him after the game. He was like, what are you going to tell people about your first goal? And he said that he was going to tell people he dangled two guys and went top shelf or something like that. So, I mean, that's kind of a funny answer. I guess I guess if he wears it, like, as a joke, it's like if he, like, is a hard-o about it and is like, like, I earned that goal, like, it's kind of a tough one. It's cool that he knew that sucked. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, himself. yeah, like he didn't. He wasn't like, "What are you talking about?" I scored a goal in the National Hockey League. He's like, "Yeah, dude, I know it sucks. I'd rather not talk about it." So he got a puck. He got a puck on like the far blue line. Basically, someone chipped it to him. He's a fast kid, so he just skated down and scored. Do you think in that like six second skate at one point he was like, "Do I not do this?" No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I know what you're saying, but well, I, I don't think either of us would think that. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I probably would have. Like, not, like, can you imagine not realizing that you just scored your first goal empty net and then, like, <laughs> snapping to it and be like, oh, damn. It sucks. But at the same time, and, like, this may be the hard-o side, like, a goal's a goal. Like, you can still tell Aww. people that he scored a goal in the National Hockey League. Like, that's kind of sick. 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. It is cool. That's why I said, like, it's just weird. Like, Oh, yeah, it's I awful. It's worst-case scenario. Like, that fucking blows. But, like, what are you going to do? You scored a goal, you made a joke about it, you move on. Like, I respect that. <laughs> Who's your hero of the week? Uh, well, I have two heroes. The first hero is going to be Brandon Lemieux again. Did you see that fight against Miles Wood? And if you did, can you tell me your thoughts from it? Because that was enjoyable. Yeah, he had a good fight. I mean, Brandon Lemieux was brought over, and I kind of thought he was a smaller kid, but he's he's actually he's a pretty big kid. He'll go with, with tougher people. Miles Wood, didn't Miles Wood fight Jamie Benn earlier this year, and they were, like, going at it? Some, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Miles Wood's a good fighter. 
Yeah, so I was very pleased to see that. And then Tony D'Angelo fought some dude who's like two times the size of him and punched him in the face like four times. I know that you don't like Tony D'Angelo when he plays against the Bruins, but if he was a Bruin, you would absolutely love this kid. And he has a little bit of a lisp, which is awesome. Uh, but like my big number one star of the week goes to Craig Cunningham. This guy, he had a heart attack a couple years ago. They kept him alive with CPR for like 80 minutes. He ended up getting an infection in his leg. He lost his leg. Comes out, I think, like this week or last week, and this guy's wheeling around skating with like a prosthetic leg. A lot of people don't know this about me. My dad lost his arm and his leg in a motorcycle accident before I was born, so I'm a big amputee guy. And I, I don't know, I just thought this was like a really cool moment. I showed my dad. He's like, no fucking way. Like he was all sorts of fired up. I think it's cool that this guy's battled all the way back to this. Um, just really, really cool. I think. Yeah. No, I thought he had. Well, I was impressed because he had a really good stride. He was like cutting that ice right? off. So. Like he he it wasn't like he wasn't like uh cautious. Like he went for it. Oh no. So I thought that oh, was no. Really I good. was what I thought about was I think if he like went to one of our beer league skates, he would tear us up. I would like, think he so. was like he looked Yeah. I a hundred percent because he wouldn't have to skate that hard either. Yeah, right. He just needs like two strides and he's already faster than us. Yeah. So, um really, really cool. So I don't know, my hero of the week, this story, like, it's really hard because, like, I've had to, like, read it, like, six different places. I don't know if anyone actually picked up on this. Can I, can, I tell people what, can I tell people what's written in the doc? Yeah. Uh, small dick, big soul. So I can't wait to yeah. hear this story. So basically, I forget where I found this, but um, there, there is this guy in the Finnish Elite League, like, Finland's best hockey, pro hockey league. His team... His team lost and their season ended. Um, and basically, he ended up getting hammered. Went to a karaoke bar and just sat there naked the night that they lost. He got naked in the karaoke bar. Um, and people in Finland got really upset because I guess there's videos out there of this guy just sitting naked in this karaoke bar the night his team got bounced from the playoffs. And he posted um, he posted an, on Instagram. His name's Joni Verdes- Verdesen. Um his quote on Instagram was small dick. What is it? Small dick, big soul. That that was his comment on the event. Small dick, big soul. This guy's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> oh my imagine? God. Yeah. I just can't like, I don't know. I looked up his stats. He's like not a bad player. He looks like he's probably like a second or third line winger on this Finnish team. He's like 27 or something like that. He's, been in the league for a while like he's gonna be a lifer and for him to just pull this move after the after his team season ends and then to comment that when people are showing videos of him naked sitting at this karaoke bar um it's something out of a movie when we hang up you need to send me this stuff because i'm writing a blog about it this this guy could potentially be one of my favorite players of all time like what a move are you kidding me yeah that's insane wow shout out to that guy but, uh, yeah, so that was our first round preview, uh, NHL in the news, all that stuff. we got a big week of hockey coming up, guys. This is huge. Um, Hal, do you have any other words left over? No, that's it, man. That was a long podcast. Uh, pump for playoffs is the best time of the year. That first sucks. We're recording this Sunday when you realize the first game's not until Thursday. I get why they do it for, like, the weekend games. Um, it just kind of sucks. Have fun at game two. I think you should buy a jersey. I'm not buying a jersey, dude. No way. You always say that and you get like three beers and then you're like, you know what? 
I don't know. Maybe I will. It's a pet. We'll see how they're doing. You know, Although, regardless, when on, would you would you get like a Ray Bork jersey? Yeah, but they don't sell those at the pro shop, and if they did, it'd probably be like six thousand dollars. I don't know why they don't. I feel like you can make so much money doing that. Um, yeah, it's, you're probably right. I don't know. But all right, guys, enjoy the podcast. We will see you guys next week with uh, some more NHL talk.